This is The Peaceful Corner, Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Hello everyone, welcome back to The Peaceful Corner, Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's nice for you all to join us again as we fellowship with God, you know. And uh, in this season of Jesus, as we were talking about Jesus, um, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 3, verse 26. Which, I mean, we're going to be reading the whole, I mean, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but we're looking at, you know, chapter 3, but I'm going to focus on 26. It was to demonstrate, it says in verse, Romans chapter 3, verse 26, it says, it was to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ, relying confidently in him as Savior. I'm going to read it again. It was to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just, and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ, and relying confidently on him as Savior. What was he demonstrating? I mean, what was demonstrated? It was the the, the the verses before talks about his crucifixion, um, and how Jesus was the you know, atonement blood. You know, the blood that he shed was the atonement for our sin, you know, and through that he demonstrated the righteousness, the righteousness, right, which you know, which demands punishment for our sin, right? We like our sin, the sins that we had, you know demanded to be punished like we talked about yesterday or we talked about in the last episode that the wages of sin is death right but jesus came to pay that and through the demonstration of him being crucified on the cross he came on this earth he forbeared the pain the struggle of all sin right and he he let me i think i'm gonna read chapter like a little bit of chapter 25 real quick just to you know get us a little bit of more understanding whom God displayed publicly before the eyes of the world as a life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation by his blood to be received through the faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness, which demands punishment for sin because in his perseverance, he his deliberate resistance, he passed over the sin previously committed before jesus crucifixion so all the sin of the world that was before jesus before died before he died on the cross and after he died on the cross was what was now on top of jesus i mean can you imagine he didn't apart from the fact that he before you came to him he said what well, we had so sin is quite died for us so apart from the fact that he died for our own sins he died for the the sins of the world before he came because god was a just god so if we read 26 again, it said it was to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus and rely confidently on him as savior, savior of the world, savior of the world. I mean, I don't think we can call anybody else a savior. I'm going to read it in the message translation. The other translation I was reading was the Amplified Version. The Amplified version, the message version says, God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear the world of sin. Having faith in him sets us in the clear, uh, sets us in the clear, sorry. God decided on his, on this course of action in full view of the public to set the world in 
declare with himself through the sacrifice of Jesus, finally taking care of the sins he had so patiently endured. This is not only clear, but is now sorry this is not only clear but it's now this is current history god set things right he also makes it possible for us to live in his righteousness so in this message translation it's kind of it's it's a i like the part where it talks about in public you know jesus god uh, uh you know i used to be like wow god you know why did it have to be in public? why did everybody have to see why was it so shameful why was it such a shameful death understand and but god had to you know there was there was a there was a if you, there's actually an episode on the cross where we talked about that there was such a a like the sacrifice had to be great like it wasn't something that you had you know it wasn't that oh you know this is just the uh let me just help these people because i say i love them but this was the only thing the only solution that could happen the only there was no other remedy there was no other thing that could happen that would save us from sin so this was the only thing that could save us from sin and he said to set the world in the clear with himself through the sacrifice of jesus the sacrifice of jesus was the only thing that could set the world in the clear can make the world come back in righteousness to god right it was only through the sacrifice of jesus finally taking care of the sins he had patiently endured taking care of all the sins that the children of israel had had been doing all the people in the bible all the people in the world before jesus came he so patiently endured it and he said well i've endured it and now is the time for the ultimate sacrifice that's why it wasn't anything fast why didn't jesus just come in the mid why didn't he just come at the beginning and die for our sins you know there had to be that build up they had to, they, the appointed time came. God showed us everything that he was still God from when Jesus, before Jesus came and he, he expressed himself. He had to follow a line. It had to follow a course, a circle of life, right? He had to make certain promises and certain decrees before Jesus can now show up. And then just didn't come and die. But Jesus was, you know, through the Holy Ghost, gave Mary Jesus, and then she gave birth to him, and then he grew up in wisdom and stature. So the Bible says, and he, he he grew up, and he walked with God and man. He was one hundred percent God, as he was one hundred percent man. He grew up. He didn't just become thirty. He grew up, you know, became twelve years old. We always hear about him, and when he went to the temple, and he said, "I'm about my father's business." There were even people preparing the way for Jesus as he was coming. You know, um, some like Anna in the Bible, which I think sometimes we don't really um, talk about. But Anna, who prepared, that was the only thing she did. It probably tells us how her husband died, like, uh, I think, like a few years after they got married. I think seven years after they got married. And, you know, she never had any child. But she loved God so much that even after her husband died, she was consoled. She stayed by the temple, cleaning the temple, preparing the water, everybody that the Savior is coming. The Savior is coming. The Savior is coming. You know, and then Jesus came and she met Jesus, you know, which is, I mean, imagine that and like just meeting Jesus, you know, and this was before she passed and some other people, but I met Jesus. But back to what I'm saying, this was the ultimate sacrifice. God so patiently waited and endured that the time was going to come that Jesus would come and die as the ultimate sacrifice to take care of everything that has happened before. 
and that will happen. So even children that are going to be born in the next year or in the next 10 years, when they come to Jesus, their sins were already forgiven, forgiven even though they were born sinners. Hmm. <sighs> this is, I mean, this is amazing. I mean, if we keep reading that in that verse, in the verse of transition, it says, this is not really clear, but it's now. This is current history. It's not something that is, um, like, it's, it's not, it's not old. Yeah, Jesus died yeah, years back, but it's not old. It's current history. <laughs> God set things right. He also makes it possible for us to live in his righteousness. In his righteousness. helps us to live in his eyes. Now I'm going to go back to the Amplified Version and I'm going to jump down to um, verse 31 of Romans 3 and it says do we nullify the law by this faith making the law of no effect, overthrowing it currently not, I mean certainly not <laughs> I'm so sorry about that, certainly not on the contrary, we confirm, we confirm and establish and uphold the law since it convicts us all of sin, pointing us to the need of salvation. Uh, pointing us to the need of salvation. It says since it convicts us all of sin. The law all the rules, all the, the Ten Commandments, it convicts us that there is sin. We know that there is sin, the things that they tell us not to do. But it does not mean that we don't throw away the law because now uh, we have Jesus, right? But it points us to the need of salvation. It tells us why exactly we actually need God in our lives. Because if we don't have God, if we don't have salvation, right? The joy of our salvation, it says the joy of our salvation. Why does it say the joy of our salvation? Because there's a joy that comes with salvation. There is peace that comes with salvation. There is something that comes with salvation that makes our life different from the life we lived before we had God. Now, if you remember the verse that we read before in verse 25 and 26, where it talks about the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrifice that Jesus paid, it was, I mean, even though he knew, even though, I mean, the law was so there, even though we were aware of sin, you know, he, he had to come and do that. <laughs> like I was saying to someone the other day, that the fact that Jesus even, like God even knows that there's some people who have heard of him, who will never give their life to Christ, but yet yeah, he still died for them. It's enough for us that believers that know God to really want to serve him with all our hearts. It's enough for us to, to, to leave everything, every sort of sin, to that, that this thing, that this salvation that we have convicts us so much that sin is not allowed in our life, that sin is not, you know, we don't allow sin to even come near our dwelling, near our thinking, near our our living you know we are all guilty of it right even in the in the um in the in the verses before i'm gonna quickly go up there uh... <sighs> sorry <laughs> yeah so it's in verse eight it says 
And why not say, as some slanderous reports and claim that we teach, let us do evil so that good may come out of it, their, their condemnation by God is just, their condemnation by God is just, you know, I think, and then I'll, I'll keep reading. Well then, are we better off than they? Not at all, for we have already changed we have already charged both Jew and Greeks, Gentiles, and under the control of sin and subject its power. As it is written, and forever remains written, there is none righteous, none that meets God's standard, not even one. There is one who understands, there is none, there is none who understands, there is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together, they have become useless. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throats are open graves. They habitually deceive with their tongues. The venom of of asp is beneath their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Wow. <laughs> Destruction and misery are in their path. And they have not known the path of peace. There is no fear of God and his awesome power before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law of Moses says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that the excuse of every mouth may be silenced from protesting, and that all the world may be held accountable to God and subject to his judgment. For no person will be justified, freed of guilt, and declared righteous in his sight by trying to do the works of the law. For through the law, we become cautious of sin and the recognition of sin directs us towards repentance by providing no remedy for sin. But provides no remedy for sin. Repentance, and, and, and it's amazing how the Bible ties everything back together. It provides no remedy for sin just because we repent they do. But salvation, it tells us that it points us back sin it points us back to the reason why we actually need salvation. I mean, look at all the things that it says. It said that we, none of us are righteous. Even those people who are like the most good people on earth. But without salvation, there is no remedy for your sin. You're still going to be judged under the law. You know, and I think it's a, it's a challenge for us who are believers, you know, to really think and think again that this salvation that we say we have, do we truly know why we have it? The salvation that we say we have, are we convicted? The salvation that we say we have, has it been enough for me to stay away from sin or have I just confessed it with my mouth a long time ago and left it that there? Or am I living my life every day in righteousness? And hating sin. Father, we just thank you for your word. And we ask that you help us to live in righteousness. Help us to stay away from sin. Even as much as we are believers. And we know that we don't. We hate sin. And we don't lie. And we tell other people not to do this. And we say, oh my God, that's wrong. But yet we still do it. So Father, we ask for you to forgive us. And have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us in the name of Jesus. Have mercy upon us. Help us to have faith in you. Help us to have complete and total faith in you.
in the name of Jesus that the joy of our salvation will be the thing that drives us will be the thing that pushes us that we will be convicted by who you are not by the law of sin even though sin is there that salvation that we have will do will be so great in us restore unto us the joy of our salvation wherever we've lost it wherever we dropped the first love that we have oh god that you restore to us the joy of our salvation and renew our spirits within us oh god and that from now on we will live a life that is sin free that is in righteousness that is in joy and peace of true salvation and understanding why that sacrifice had to be made not because it was just a cure or prevention, but because it was the only thing that could take it away. Thank you, Father, for dying for us. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you'd like to give your life to Christ today, because you need salvation, so like I've already been saying, you know, the whole God, Holy Spirit has been helping us understand, is that, yes, you can say, oh, I'm sorry for doing this, or, oh my God, I feel so bad for lying or stealing, but there is no remedy for sin that is not repentance is not a remedy for sin salvation is what is needed in everyone's life whether you're a good person or not salvation is what is needed i think when we have salvation we start to see that our lives are not really as we're not really the good and great people that we say we are that we put ourselves out there to be we god helps us to see that yeah, you might be good in this aspect and everything, but there is sin inside of you. And there's the things that you don't even realize. So if you like to give your life to Christ, please, I'm going to pray for you. Father, we ask that you touch the lives of your sons and your daughters that you have created, your children, that you please accept them into your family. Wash them quite as snow. We ask that you save their souls in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you... Accept them and adopt them into the family of God. I would like for you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I admit that I'm a sinner. I cannot do life on my own. Ask, O God, and please wash me white as snow. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. From today on, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I walk in the joy of my salvation, free from sin, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen and amen. Welcome to the beloved. God bless you. I encourage you to get a Bible, start reading the word of God. You can start from the book of Matthew or even start from Romans, where we are reading right now. Um, and I know that I will see you in heaven one day by the grace of the Almighty God. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for joining once again. God bless you. Bye-bye. Oh, and I love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>